Why I am probably not a long-termist by Denise underscore Melchin. Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, Why I am probably not a long-termist, published by Denise underscore Melchin on the Effective Altruism Forum. TL, Doctor, I am much more interested in making the future good, as opposed to long or big, as I neither think the world is great now nor am convinced it will be in the future. I am uncertain whether there are any scenarios which lock us into a world at least as bad as now that we can avoid or shape in the near future. If there are none, I think it is better to focus on traditional near-termist ways to improve the world. I thought it might be interesting to other EAs why I do not feel very on board with long-termism, as long-termism is important to a lot of people in the community. This post is about the worldview called long-termism. It does not describe a position on cause prioritization. It is very possible for causes commonly associated with long-termism to be relevant under non-long-termist considerations. I structured this post by crux and highlighted what kind of evidence or arguments would convince me that I am wrong, though I am keen to hear about others which I might have missed. I usually did not investigate my cruxes thoroughly. Hence, only probably not a long-termist. The quality of the long-term future. 1. I find many aspects of utilitarianism uncompelling. You do not need to be a utilitarian to be a long-termist. But I think depending on how and where you differ from total utilitarianism, you will probably not go all the way to long-termism. I very much care about handing the world off in a good state to future generations. I also care about people's well-being regardless of when it happens. What I value less than a total utilitarian is bringing happy people into existence who would not have existed otherwise. This means I am not too fussed about humanity's failure to become much bigger and spread to the stars. While creating happy people is valuable, I view it as much less valuable than making sure people are not in misery. Therefore I am not extremely concerned about the lost potential from extinction risks, but I very much care about its short-term impact, although that depends on how good and long I expect the future to be, see below. What would convince me otherwise? I not only care about pursuing my own values, but I would like to ensure that other people's reflected values are implemented. For example, if it turned out that most people in the world really care about increasing the human population in the long term, I would prioritize it much more. However, I am a bit less interested in the sum of individual preferences, but more the preferences of a wide variety of groups. This is to give more weight to rarer worldviews as well as not rewarding one group outbreeding the other or spreading their values in an imperialist fashion. I also want to give the values of people who are suffering the most more weight. If they think the long-term future is worth prioritizing over their current pain, I would take this very seriously. Alternatively, convincing me of moral realism and the correctness of utilitarianism within that framework would also work. So far I have not seen a plain language explanation of why moral realism makes any sense, but it would probably be a good start. If the world suddenly drastically improved and everyone had as good a quality of life as my current self, I would be happy to focus on making the future big and long instead of improving people's lives. 2. I do not think humanity is inherently super awesome. A recurring theme in a lot of long-termist worldviews seems to be that humanity is wonderful and should therefore exist for a long time. I do not consider myself a misanthrope, I expect my views to be average for Europeans. Humanity has many great aspects which I like to see thrive. But I find the overt enthusiasm for humanity most long-termists seem to have confusing. Even now, humanity is committing genocides, letting millions of people die of hunger, enslaving and torturing people as well as billions of factory-farmed animals. I find this hard to reconcile with a humanity is awesome worldview. A common counter-argument to this seems to be that these are problems, but we have just not gotten around to fixing them yet. That humans are lazy, not evil. This does not compel me. 
I not only care about people living good lives, I also care about them being good people. Laziness is no excuse. Right now, we have the capacity to do more. Mostly, we do not. Few people who hear about give well recommended charities decide to donate a significant amount of their income. People go on tourist intercontinental flights despite knowing about climate change. Many eat meat despite having heard of conditions on factory farms. Global aid is a tiny proportion of most developed countries' budgets. These examples are fairly cosmopolitan, but I do not consider this critical. Taken one at a time, you can quibble with these examples. Sometimes people actually lack the information. They can have empirical disagreements or different moral views, for example not considering animals to be sentient. Sometimes they triage and prioritize other ways of doing good. I am okay with all of these reasons. But in the end, it seems to me that many people have plenty of resources to do better and yet there are still enormous problems left. It is certainly great if we set up better systems in the future to reduce misery and have the right carrots and sticks in place to get people to behave better. But I am unenthusiastic about a humanity which requires these to behave well. This also makes me reluctant to put a lot of weight on helping people being good regardless of when it happens. This is only true if people in the future are as morally deserving as people are today. Or putting this differently, if humans really were so great, we would not need to worry about all these risks to the future. They would solve themselves. What would convince me otherwise? I would be absolutely thrilled to be wrong about how moral people are where I live. Admittedly, I find it hard to think of plausible evidence as it seems to be in direct contradiction to the world I observe. Maybe it is genuinely a lack of information that stops people from acting better, as for example Max Roser from our world and data seems to believe. Information campaigns having large effects would be persuasive. I am unfamiliar with how seriously people take their moral obligations in other places and times. Maybe the lack of investment I see is a local aberration. Even though this should not have an impact on my worldview, I would probably also feel more comfortable with the long-termist idea if I saw a stronger focus on social or medical engineering to produce, morally, better people within the long-termist community. 3. I am unsure whether the future will be better than today. In many ways, the world has gotten a lot better. Extreme poverty is down and life expectancy is up. Fewer people are enslaved. I am optimistic about these positive trends continuing. What I feel more skeptical of is how much of the story these trends tell. While probably most people agree that having fewer people starve and die young is good, there are plenty of trends which get lauded by long-termists which others might feel differently about, for example the decline in religiosity. Or they can put weight on different aspects. Someone who values animals in factory farms highly might not think the world has improved. I am concerned that seeing the world as improving is dependent on a worldview with pretty uncommon values. Using the lens of Height's moral foundations theory it seems that most of the improvements are in the care-harm foundation, while the world may not have improved according to other moral foundations like loyalty betrayal or sanctity degradation. Also, many world improvements I expect to peter out before they become negative. But I am worried that some will not. For example, I think increased hedonism and individualism have both been a good force, but if overdone I would consider them to make the world worse, and it seems to me we are either almost or already there. I am generally concerned about trends to overshoot their original good aim by narrowly optimizing too much. Optimizing for profit is the clearest example. I wrote a bit more about this here. If the world is not better than it was in the past, extrapolating towards expecting an even better future does not work. For me this is another argument on wanting to focus on making the future good instead of long or big. On a related note, while this is not an argument which deters me from long-termism, some long-termists looking forward to futures which I consider to be worthless, for example the Hedonium shockwave, puts me off. 
Culturally many long-termists seem to favor more hedonism, individualism and techno-utopianism than I would like. What would convince me otherwise? I am well aware lots of people are pessimistic about the future because they get simple facts about how the world has been changing wrong. Yet I am interested in learning more about how different worldviews lead to perceiving the world as improving or not. The length of the long-term future. I do not feel compelled by arguments that the future could be very long. I do not see how this is possible without at least soft totalitarianism, which brings its own risks of reducing the value of the future. Or looking at it differently, people working on existential risks spent some years convincing me that existential's risks are pretty big. Switching from that argument to work on existential risk to long-termism, which requires reaching existential security, gives me a sense of whiplash. See also this short-form post on the topic. One argument brought up there is the Lindy rule, pointing out that self-propagating systems have existed for billions of years so we can expect this length again. But I do not see why self-propagating systems should be the baseline, I am only interested in applying the Lindy rule to a morally worthwhile human civilization which has been rather short in comparison. I am also not keen to base decisions on rough expected value calculations in which the assessment of the small probability is uncertain and the expected value is the primary argument, as opposed to a more cluster thinking-based approach. I am not in principle opposed to such decisions, but my own track record with such decisions is very poor, the predicted expected value from back-of-the-envelope calculations does not materialize. I also have traditional Pascal's mugging type concerns for prioritizing the potentially small probability of a very large civilization. What would convince me otherwise? I would appreciate solid arguments on how humanity could reach existential security. The ability to influence the long-term future. I am unconvinced that people can reliably have a positive impact which dissipates further into the future than 100 years, maybe within a factor of three. But there is one important exception, if we have the ability to prevent or shape a lock-in scenario within this time frame. By lock-in I mean anything which humanity can never escape from. Extinction risks are an obvious example, others are permanent civilizational collapse. I am aware that Bostrom's canonical definition of existential risks includes both of these lock-in scenarios, but it also includes scenarios which I consider to be irrelevant, failing to reach a transhumanist future, which is why I am not using the term in this section. Thinking we cannot reliably impact the world for more than several decades, I do not find working on cause areas like improving institutional decision-making compelling except for their ability to shape or prevent a lock-in in that time frame. I am also only interested in lock-in scenarios which would be as bad or worse than the current world, or maybe not much better. I am not interested in preventing a future in which humans just watch Netflix all day, it would be pretty disappointing, but at least better than a world in which people routinely starve to death. At the moment, I do not know enough about the probabilities of a range of bad lock-in scenarios to judge whether focusing on them is warranted under my worldview. If this turns out to be the case on further investigation, I could imagine describing my worldview as long-termist when pushed, but I expect I would still feel a cultural disconnect with other long-termists. If there are no options to avoid or shape bad lock-in scenarios within the next few decades, I expect improving the world with traditional near-termist approaches is best. My views here are very similar to Alexander Berger's which he laid out in this 80,000 Hours podcast. What would convince me otherwise? If there have been any intentional impacts for more than a few hundred years out, I would be keen to know about them. I am familiar with Carl's blog posts on the topic. I expect to spend some time investigating this crux soon, if there are bad lock-in scenarios on the horizon which we can avoid or shape, that would likely change my feelings on long-termism. Given that this is an important crux one might well consider it premature for me to draw conclusions about my worldview already. 
But my other view seems sufficiently different to most of the long-termist views I hear that they were hopefully worth lying out regardless. If anyone has any resources they want to point me to which might change my mind, I am keen to hear about them. Thanks to AGB and Lynch Jong for providing comments on a draft of this post. Thanks for listening to help us out with a nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.